If you are anything like me as a songwriter, one of the biggest things that you want, one of your greatest desires when it comes to your next song is just to have good reason to believe that your next song could be your next best song. So in this episode, we're going to break down what I think are three great steps to give yourself the best chance at making your next song quite possibly your new best song. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I believe this is episode 151. I am excited to be talking to you today. Uh, Excited to have a bunch of changes behind us. So just a little bit of housekeeping before we dive in. Um, Some of you may have noticed that there was a time that my website was down. There was a time where I was not receiving emails. Uh, some There was an issue with uh, some of the podcast platforms weren't getting my podcast. Like I think uh, Spotify for a month was off track or like didn't have new episodes for like a month and a half. All that should be resolved now. Uh, obviously, if the podcast part isn't for your provider, then I guess you wouldn't be hearing this right now. Um, but I believe it's resolved for all that. So if you sent me an email and didn't get a response, uh, I've responded to every email I've gotten. Therefore, um, I didn't get your email, so be sure to resend it to me. And we've now moved the website over to a new service, uh, which is great for many reasons. One, the service is just much nicer. Uh, podcast hosting is also coming from the same place, which is why the podcast stuff kind of went wonky for a bit. Uh, reworking the website took a little time. Um Also now, I know there was an issue with if you tried to get another free guide with the old service, for some reason, it like wouldn't send it to people sometimes. So some of you sent me emails and then I sent you all three of the free guides. Um, But that shouldn't be a problem anymore. So if you didn't ever email and you just kind of got annoyed and didn't know why it didn't work, try again. I think with with the new service, that should work totally fine. It certainly did when I tested it. So be sure to check out any free guide that... Uh, you know, you tried before and you didn't. And shoot me an email, Joseph at Songwriter Theory. If anything is broken, uh, this should go without saying, but that is not intentional. <laughs> uh, this certainly nothing is intentionally broken. Uh, the free guides are meant to be something that you can have all three. Uh, so if I don't know if I don't think anybody did this, but if you're a person that you thought like, oh, I can only get one, that's why it's not sending me the second. That's not true. That's not how it was intended to be. Uh, just the last services were kind of crappy. Um, so wanted to clear up all that. And uh, also, uh, this is the first time that I'm uh, feeling good again, because uh, long story short, I had wisdom teeth su- surgery, which is why I was in the middle of all this. Uh, there were also fewer things coming out as far as videos and stuff. Uh, and the reason for that is the wisdom teeth tooth surgery uh, sort of had some complications that I didn't see coming, where the recovery ended up taking like two weeks. So trying to record podcasts and still put out content in that time was kind of rough. So just so you know, I'm back. We're good. And that is why I'm extra excited about this episode, because all that house cleaning type stuff is behind us. Uh, The Songwriter Theory website should be better now. The free guides uh, access should be easier. The my emails back to working, all that. So very excited about that. Anyway. Today, talking about the three steps to write your next best song. I'm excited about this one. Um, So let's dive right in. 
First step is to start with a riff or a hook. And you may ask, what's the difference? Uh, really not anything, just different terms for the most part. But basically what we're talking about here when we say a riff or a hook is a memorable instrumentation part, right? So specifically, preferably not a vocal hook here. We're talking about go to your instrument of choice and figure out a hook or a riff that is that you that you really like and that's your first step. So in other words, not a chord progression. <laughs> okay? Don't don't write a chord progression. Don't start this next song with a chord progression. Instead, whatever your instrument is, you know, maybe do a little improvisation um or, you know, noodle around as uh, some guitarists say and go that route. And there's several reasons for this. One is in my opinion and in my experience, it is easier to write a great melody over a hook that you've already written than it is to gr- to write a great hook that pairs with a mel- melody you've already written. Now, you may not have this experience, in which case feel free to reverse the order here, um, but this I have found to be resoundingly true. That the tendency is if I write the melody first, the instrumentation tends to be not as interesting Um, and I tend towards more simple piano or guitar parts and it takes me longer to write. Whereas the flow from writing a hook first and then writing the melody. So yes, I'm giving you sort of the second step preview already. It's going to be write the melody next. Um, but we're not there yet. We're still talking about hook. Uh, in my opinion, it is much, much easier to go in that direction where you write a hook, which tends to be a little more complex and then, write a melody over it. I find that my melodies are not constrained really at all, or I mean, they are, but uh, the creative freedom that I still have when I write the melody second is just as high, basically, as when I write it first. So the pairing of hook plus melody, aka interesting instrumentation part paired with melody, my personal, in my experience, again, the best chance at having both of those things is to write the riff or hook first, and then right after that, the melody, which is, yes, again, going to be our second step. But let's talk about the hook a little bit more. Um, you know, so a part of the reason for this, too, is the best chance you have at writing a great hook is going to be early in the process because you have no constraints whatsoever, right? You, you technically might not have even picked a key yet. You don't have a tempo yet. You get to just write on your instrument, right? And as an instrumentalist, uh, whatever it is, right? Maybe guitarist. If not, you're probably a pianist. Uh, I assume that like 99% of the people listening to this are are one of those two or both, like like I am. Um, 99% might be high. It's probably like five of you that are bassists and not five of you, 5%. Um, I, actually, I'm curious. Let me know. Let me know. Like comment on a YouTube video or something that I have and let me know. If like if you're anything other than piano or guitar, because that's frankly uh, most most of us probably. So if you're something different than that, which would be interesting, like maybe you're a accordion player or something, let me know. I'd be curious about that. But anyway, as an in- instrumentalist, right, which most of us, our backstory for songwriting tends to be that we are an instrumentalist first, 
And along the way, you kind of learned, hey, I really like singing. And then along the way, you said, you know what's cooler than performing other people's songs? I like the de- idea of writing my own. And then you started writing lyrics, right? That's, that's probably the path that resonates with most of us. Um, it's more or less my path. Um, you know, I started as a pianist. I started doing guitar. I did do singing as a little kid, but but I really, really got into singing more in the high school era. Um, I, I did always, I always was kind of a writer, but I didn't get into the songwriting aspect until I was probably uh, 12 or so, sometime middle school. But um, so, so sort of the writer, writer side of me and the, and the musician side of me came together like, wait a second, I like writing like articles and, and, and blog posts and fiction and stories and short stories. And I like, and poetry and I like music. Why don't I put those together? It took me a little too long to figure that out, but uh, you're probably an instrumentalist first and foremost, or at least you were at one point, or at least it's one of your strongest skills. So you're probably already used to, you know, soloing, maybe improvising, or at least even if you haven't really improvised much, you're used to practicing different songs, right? So coming up with a riff or hook is something that probably will come decently naturally to you, but it's going to be harder the more music you write. So it's important to get that done first. You know, I've talked before about how songwriting is a funnel, and we'll talk about this a little more in the episode. But again, the idea, just visualize a funnel, right? It's wide at the top, and over time, it gets more and more narrow. And the idea is, with everything you write, you have less creative room for the next thing you write, right? So speaking practically here, with our current steps we're talking about, you know, once you write the hook or a riff, before you did that, you had infinite options, but now you probably have a key that your hook or riff is in. Now, maybe your hook or riff could could be in maybe one of two different keys, right? It might only involve notes that make it like, oh, well, it could be the key of C major or G major. It's hard to tell so far, but you've at least constrained the keys down a little bit, right? If you have a C note in it, guess what? You're not in the key of C sharp major. So you're constraining the keys, which constrains the different notes that you're going to have to work with. And Also, you probably have a tempo, right? Because there's a tempo that this riff sounds best at. It will sound like it drags if it's too slow, and it will sound rushed if it's too fast. So now you have the tempo of the song, right? And you have, so now you have more constraints going into this next step, which is going to be writing the melody. So you want to utilize when you have the most creative room on the most important things to get right. And I think most of us would agree that, um, you know, when it comes to the most important parts of a song, certainly melody, right? Melody is arguably the most important part of a song, period, end of story. Uh, in fact, I would strongly argue that that is the case uh, by basically any measurement. Um, but we'll get into that. Uh, but also, I think uh, a really important part of a song that is can be underrated is that riff or hook, because some songs don't have it. And Sometimes they feel boring, and a lot of times I think the reason is they don't have that riff or hook. And if you think of some of the like your favorite songs of all time, it probably has that really cool intro, right? That intro that just catches you, whether it's a cool bass line, which is a type of hook, right? Or whether it's a really cool guitar hook, or you know, maybe it's like early 2000s music where like there were a ton of bands that had like piano led stuff that had great piano hooks, like uh, you know, the fray with like how to save a life or whatever, or basically any five for fighting song, like, or clocks by Coldplay or a lot of Coldplay songs back in the day, right? All those bands, 
they had a memorable piano hook that like brought you in. You instantly were like, oh, okay, I'm interested in this song. And uh, that's the power of a hook, right? So, and this is important. You could say this is step 1A or 1B rather. Record this riff. Preferably in a DAW, which is a digital audio workstation, basically, you know, recording software on a computer, which if you say, Joseph, I don't have the money for that. Reaper is totally free. So go to Reaper. I don't think it's com, but just search for Reaper and it should probably come up or Reaper DAW or Reaper Music or something like that. And it will come up. Um, Reaper is totally free to use. I used it for free, recorded full length albums and other stuff on it. Uh for totally free for 10 years before I felt really, really bad about the fact that I didn't give them the $60 to have the license. So they literally don't constrain you at all when you don't pay for it. So it really is free. It's not one of those stupid, like after 30 days, they force you to pay type things. I hate that. It's not that. So, so you can buy one cause you can get it for free. Uh, but if not just recording it on your phone is probably good enough. The reason I think a dot is better is what you want to be able to do for this next step is you have this riff you've written. You want to be able to hit play, and and now you have it on playback, right? So, so you're listening to it. You don't have to play it while you're writing your melody. And, you know, so, so for example, if, if you record the riff and it's 20 seconds long, that only gives you 20 seconds to be able to put your to be able to start working on the melody before you have to hit the play button again, right? You probably aren't even getting into it yet. And you already have to hit the play button again. Don't do that to yourself. So, if you don't have a DAW where you can literally loop it so that it will, you know, play the riff over and over and over again for hours if you want if you want to, right? Uh then, you know, maybe record it into your phone with you playing it over and over and over again. So it's at least, you know, four minutes worth of it so that you for four minutes, you can just sort of workshop the melody and improvise with the melody and try to figure out the melody without having to like oh, hit the play button again, hit the play button again. Um, or if you have an even better way to accomplish what I'm talking about, where like you just can listen back to the riff over and over and over again on repeat without actually actively having to do anything, um, then, you know, use that tool if there's something that I'm not thinking of. Um, so that, that, that gets us into this second step, which is the worst kept secret. Cause I gave it away right away, which is writing the melody. And I talked about this in a recent YouTube video. Uh, yes, yes, I did. Okay. I was just wondering if I, that YouTube video has already come out <laughs> or if it's just one that I've recorded. I'm pretty sure it's out, but, um, it's very, very important, I think. And it certainly is helpful to make sure every part is as good as possible. If you only actively work on one part at a time and you don't force yourself to play other parts. So for example, it's going to be easier for you to write a killer guitar part and a killer melody if you write the guitar part alone first and then you just you're not playing the guitar part while you write the melody because then you're slightly distracted by having to sort of your brain split right because you got to kind of pay attention to playing the the guitar part while you're trying to improvise the melody so you're very constrained right so your probability of making a good melody is lower when you do what I just talked about, where you record it, so now you're just listening to it, right? It's almost like having a karaoke track, 
right? It's so much like this might be an intuitive way to, to think of it. If you're going to go up on stage, what's easier for you to do as a performer? Have a karaoke track and just sing? Or is it easier for you to ha- have to play the piano, have no backing track whatsoever, and sing? Or guitar, you know, any instrument, doesn't really matter. I'm sure literally every one of you is saying, of course, it would be easier for me to just go up and sing. I can concentrate on the one thing. That's what we're trying to do here, just in our writing process, which is maybe even more important, right? We're trying to write a song. You know, like improvising a melody and testing out different melodies while having to also concentrate on playing a riff is setting ourselves up to fail. And not that it can't be done. Of course it can be done. Just you're going to have better results if you record it so that while you're writing the melody, you are only, you are, your brain only has to worry about, I hear this background music that I wrote, and I'm going to improvise my melody over it and figure out my melody over it. So melody, almost certainly the single most important element of a song, right? I mean, melody is what people hum. Melody is usually what gets people interested because there's really three parts of a song, fundamentally, right? There's the arrangement, uh, which is really, you know, the chords and the hook, if there is a hook, and stuff like that. There's the main melody, um, which obviously is uh, (laughs) something everybody knows and pays attention to. And then there are lyrics. And... As much as I am a proponent of the importance of lyrics, I highly value lyrics. I think the main way to separate yourselves from the average songwriter is the fact that on average, songwriters are very poor lyricists, Um, especially if you look in the popular music realm. I mean, most pop music is absolute garbage lyrically. Um, Like some of it just to the point of embarrassing. I, I don't even understand like how... I mean, these artists have egos, so how do they, I I don't know, whatever. Lyrics tend to be the weak spot of songwriters. Uh, So I think the best way to separate yourself is lyric writing. Lyric writing is very important. I'm not diminishing that. But it is also true that the only thing that is basically universal in, in people gravitating to a song or people liking a song is melody. Because people, if there's a great melody, people will sing along People will like the song and they don't give a rip about the the boring musical backdrop because if the melody's interesting, the rest doesn't really matter because that's what we're all listening to. That's what we're singing along to. If the, if the melody's killer, you can get away with almost everything else being lackluster, right? Half people don't even pay attention to lyrics. Uh, you know, the, the success of pop music kind of proves out how many people don't care at all about lyrical quality. So that is true. We should care because we're songwriters and we should take pride in our craft, but um, you know, on average, if there's one thing that you need to get right for a song to have a chance, it's it's almost definitely the melody. So we do want to do the melody early in the songwriting process, which is why we have it at step two here, because of, again, the songwriting is a funnel. Melody is very important, so we want to do melody as early in the songwriting process as possible when we have as much creative room as we can, which right now we're putting at step two, right? So we have still almost like a ton of creative room, a ton of it. Um, and uh, the reason melody before lyrics as well is, and and again, uh, obviously you can reverse this. This the, These are my suggestions 
that in my experience gives me the best chance to write the best, uh, the best song I can. But in my experience, it is easier to fit lyrics to melody that already exists than it is to write a melody for lyrics that you already have. You may feel differently, especially I know some of you between YouTube comments and emails, some of you are actually people who started as lyricists and now you're like learning music in order to um, be a songwriter, which is awesome. That excites me uh, for many reasons. Um, it's just really cool. That's a less standard path, right? Most of us started as as instrumentalists, started as musicians. Uh, and also a part of the reason I think that songwriters tend to be stronger in the music department than in the lyrics department is because you know, first and foremost, we tend to be musicians. So with that, sometimes we don't, uh, we don't, on average, I would guess that someone who started as a musician is going to value lyrics less than somebody who starts as a poet, for example. So it's exciting, right? It's a, it's a new, uh, way to look at it, which is awesome. It's, it's awesome that some of you are out there. It's really cool. But for most of the rest of us, um, I, as a musician, especially, I, I just find it infinitely easier to fit lyrics to a melody than melody to for lyrics. Uh, and and frankly, the lyric writing process tends to be the the longest, hardest part of writing a song in my experience, anyway, uh, because I am picky about getting the lyrics exactly right. But in the end of the day, it is still easier to fit lyrics to melody than it is to take your lyrics and come up with a really great melody off of it. In, in, again, in my experience, and, and, and this is not always true, even for me, this is not a universal truth. It's just a tendency. It's a tendency for me. Uh, because I find that I'm better at workshopping lyrics, if you will, like massaging not good lyrics all the way into really good lyrics, uh, than I am at editing a melody, if that makes sense. Because if you write lyrics first, you're essentially editing a melody into being perfect for the lyrics. Whereas if you write the, melody first, you're essentially editing the lyrics into a melody, uh, into fitting the melody. But before we go too deep into that rabbit hole, let's keep going. So overall, the reason for this order so far, I mentioned this already, I think the best chance to have a killer hook and melody is the order of hook first and then melody. That's where this order is coming from. So how to write the melody. Number one thing I would say is write the melody with the instrument you are strongest at melodically. So I say melodically because in theory you could be a better guitarist than you are a pianist, and yet piano tends to be a very melody-heavy instrument, right? Like even, even the first piano book you get from your piano teacher has melodies in it, right? Whereas the the most baseline guitar skill really has nothing to do with melody, right? It's rhythm and chords. Because your average guitarist that has half a year of experience is strumming chords, right? They're not doing solos, which would be more melody. Uh, whereas a pianist with even three weeks of experience or your friend that insists on playing chopsticks or whatever on the piano or showing off that they learn this one popular song, you know, they go sort of dink and dunk out the the uh, the melody with their index finger on the piano, right? So, uh, so specifically, the instrument you're strongest at melodically is what you should write the melody with. So if this is you listening 
to the riff that you've already come up with and recorded. Now you're listening back to it. And now you are improvising with your voice because your voice is the instrument you're strongest at with coming up with melodies. That it, that Go for that then. If it's piano, use piano. If it's guitar, okay, guitar. If it's bass guitar, okay, right? Or maybe, maybe you are a beginner acoustic guitarist, for example, uh, but you were a really good trump. Uh, what do you call somebody who was a trombone player? I feel like the thing I want to say is not what it is, so I'm not going to go there. But if you played trombone or trumpet or flute in high school, right? Those those are very melodic instruments, right? That's all you can play, really. I think you can't you can't even play two notes on any of those instruments. I don't believe. Uh, if I'm wrong, don't kill me for it. But, um, you know, the, the main thing with those instruments is, is you play individual notes. So they're very melodic. So if you're, you know, a beginner guitarist, uh, I feel like I said guitarist weird. I just want to put that, I just want to clear the air. If you're thinking, did he just say guitarist weird? I think I did. So now we know. And we can end this awkward moment together. So, <laughs> um uh yeah so you know if you if you're new at sort of more songwriting instruments right like piano or guitar would be the real main songwriting instruments quote unquote um and you don't feel good about writing melodies with those yet and your background is in being pretty decent at you know a woodwind or a brass instrument or violin viola right string instrument um then write the melody with that right Whatever you're strongest at. For me, it's piano. I write almost all my melodies on piano because at the end of the day, the strongest thing I for me is, is piano. First of all, I do think piano is the best songwriting instrument. Um, I'd, I'd even go so far as to say by a pretty wide margin, um, which I have a whole video. If you're wondering why I think that, I have a whole video on piano versus guitar and why I think piano is a better songwriting instrument. Uh, guitar is definitely number two, in my opinion for what it's worth. And guitarists don't shoot me. I just, I, I've done both. I think piano's easier. Um, it's just easier. So anyway, piano is my friend. So I usually write my melodies with the piano to the point that um, I want to say every song I've written and worked on in the last two years, every single one, regardless of what the uh, hook was, whether it was guitar or piano or bass line. Uh, I, I wrote, I think, every single melody on the piano first. Um, and then I tend to tweak it by singing it. Because sometimes when you write a melody for a certain instrument, it doesn't have quite the same vibe with a different instrument. It might not quite work. Uh, so, you know, if, if there's something that vocally it doesn't feel quite as right, okay, you wrote it, you improvised it with the instrument you're most strong with melodically, but now revisit it with your voice. Now try to sing along with it and make sure that it still works. Don't be satisfied with good enough and make sure that you're throwing in intriguing moments, right? I, th I, think, I think one of the biggest areas people suffer melodically is they're too conversational all the time with no leaps, there's just a bunch of like, go up by a note, go down by a note, stay on the same note, maybe go up by like two steps, 
ooh. And, you know, maybe once you go crazy and you go up by a third, um, you know, d- don't do that, right? Like throw, throw in some leaps. Have something where you're going up by a fourth or a fifth. Or heck, go all the way to somewhere over the rainbow and do a full octave leap, right? Everybody knows that melody, and that full octave leap is a part of the part of, a good re- part of the reason why. Um, makes it very memorable. So, uh, and don't don't throw it in for no reason, right? Make sure it's at points that are going to be important and poignant in your in your song. Be intentional about it. Just um, be intentional about not having a melody that just is super conversational with no leaps. Um, and I mean, unless it's your style, uh, you know, you can do less or more of them, obviously, but I want to say even conversational songwriters like James Taylor, they, they still have some leaps in there to keep it interesting. Um, just the way he sings, it still sounds conversational because smooth as butter. Um, so little point here. When you're, because you may say, okay, it sounds like right now I have a riff or a hook and a melody, but that sounds to me like I probably just have my verse because usually the hook is the intro and also the verse. Um, and then, you know, the main melody really takes over in the chorus and usually, I mean, I shouldn't say usually, a lot of times the hooks tend to be more of a verse thing. Um, I mean, it very much depends, but. Um, you may say, okay, it sounds to me like I haven't written a whole song here. I've just written a song section. So let's address that really quick. In a way, depending on, it's a little bit of a point of view thing, but ride with me for a second here. Song sections in a way are like different songs that are merged together. Much like how, for example, a TV show, whatever your favorite TV show is, almost definitely... Throughout one season, there were like five to 10 to 15 different writers of episodes. So whoever wrote the first episode of the season is not the same person who wrote the second episode of the season. And yet, at the end of the season, it probably if it's a decent show, it's felt cohesive. So you didn't you wouldn't really know that different people wrote it, right? Like I'm a huge office fan, huge. And you know, I've, I've watched it five times fully through and then several episodes I've seen way more than five times. You know, I've just picked random episodes. And the only reason that I'm not at more times is because it's not on Netflix anymore. Um, and yet even being someone who, you know, can quote it and, and has seen it so many times, I still can't like, I don't watch an episode and say, Oh, that seemed like an episode that Mindy Kaling wrote or, or that seems like one that Paul Lieberstein wrote as that's his name, right? Why am I questioning that? Anyway, right? There's different writers on the show, but I, it all just is the office to me. And that's kind of the illusion of a song, right? Is you kind of have all these different, quote unquote, like mini songs, if you will, that you fit together, that all connect together in a nice way so that there's sort of this illusion of it was all built as one whole, But usually it wasn't really built as one whole. It was built section by section. So this this three-step process, right, you you can apply this for each song section and then put them together. There are other ways of doing it, right? Like, for example, if 
there's a natural place for your melody to go from the f- from the verse, right? Then you might write the melody first when it comes to the chorus and stuff like that. So you can mix it up. But generally speaking, this can work uh, to write your entire song. Just think of it as, you know, one section at a time. All right, now that we've covered that, last step. Go through the full six steps of lyric writing. It's easier to write lyrics that match the feel of music than music that matches the feel of lyrics, which is why we are saving lyrics for last here, despite the fact that if you've listened to any podcast here before, you know that, you know, I I don't listen to too many other uh, songwriter. Well, I I don't really listen to any, I guess, if I'm being really honest, but because I don't want to follow what other people are doing. I just want to tell the truth from my point of view. And I don't want to fall in the trap of like, oh, this other songwriting teacher is teaching this, so I should too. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, I want to be genuine. So if I'm being really honest, I don't really pay attention at all to what other people are teaching. Once in a while, I watch a video or two just just because I'm curious uh, what other people say. Um, and uh, just based on some of the videos I have seen and podcasts I have heard in the past from other people teaching songwriting, I easily care about lyrics and value lyrics exponentially more than your average I'd say songwriter in general, and certainly lyricist. So I, I only say that to say, yes, I'm saying put it last, but don't hear me say, or, you know, third, I guess, but don't hear me say that lyrics aren't incredibly important. I just think it's easier to, through the six steps of lyric writing that I teach, to get your lyrics to be great, regardless of where you wrote them in the process. I think you can write the whole song musically and save lyrics for last and still end up writing killer lyrics. Whereas uh, I think it's much harder to write a whole song and then be like, oh, I need a hook now and write a really killer hook. Um, at least in my experience. So this is why lyrics are last, despite the fact that they are incredibly important to me. Um, so don't hear it as it's not incredibly important. So, on that, hopefully what you heard in there is this sub-tip of be willing to spend time just listening to your music. This is not where I thought this was going. I read the wrong bullet point. Now you're seeing behind the curtain. Wizard of Oz reference? There we go. That's Oh, I, I just referenced Wizard of Oz twice in this episode. How about that? No Star Wars references to Wizard of Oz. Who saw that coming? Whoever put bets on this. You probably lost this one, didn't you? So anyway, (laughs) um, the sub tip here is, and I've talked about this before too, but if you're new here, know that the lyric writing process is probably going to be the most strenuous and take the most time. If you really care about having quality lyrics, I think that's the hardest thing to get right. Because you can almost improvise a good melody Right. Like I can set out a, a piano and this isn't because I'm great or anything. I just understand enough about music theory and keys and the chords I have within the key and how each chord sounds in the context of a key and intervals and how they sound. I know just enough about that stuff that I can sit at a piano and just improvise for, you know, as many hours as I can stand it to sit there. 
And, you know, something that my mom would always say to me that, that kind of got on my nerves. She's like, oh, that's so pretty. What is that, honey? And I say, mom, I'm just improvising. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know what I just played. Right. And if you do have an understanding of music, you can do that. And it will sound at least pretty good for like most of the two hours that you just sit there improvising. You know, it might not sound great, but you know, you're halfway there. So all you have to do, like oftentimes it's very common to be able to improvise for an hour and you get a bunch of nice little interesting musical song seeds that you can turn into pretty killer songs. You can come up with some sweet riffs pretty quickly. Um, it's the lyric side that's going to take a lot of wordsmithing, a lot of time, you know, going to thesaurus.com to try to find a better word, uh, a more evocative word, uh, less boring words, um, you know, words that evoke better imagery and, you know, getting the lyric to match up just right so that the syllables and, and the flow of the lyrics match with the melody perfectly. All that stuff is just going to take time. Embrace that. Embrace that. Be willing to do that. But uh, before doing that, before spending all the time, I want to encourage you to be willing to spend some time just listening to your music to try to see what is the story the music is telling. Because to the earlier point that I digressed for a little bit, so I want to revisit for a second. It is easier to write lyrics that match the feel of your music in my opinion, than music that matches the feel of lyrics. So when you listen to music, oftentimes you may even, if you just sit there and listen, you can come up with a whole story. You can figure out what this song is trying to communicate, right? And I'm not just talking about surface level stuff, right? Like, oh, is this a happy song or a sad song? Like deeper than that, right? Does this sound like a, a pensive journey that a young man is taking in order to discover where his place is in this world? Or is this a mournful song about the loss of a, of a lover that was good to you, right? Like getting, getting real deep into like, what is this song about? And even that, those things are kind of surface level compared to how deep you can go with this. Get specific, but overall be willing to spend time just listening to your music trying to see what the story is or what the theme is or what the general feel of this song is what what's what should this song be about be patient about that cuz you want to get it right and um and then from there right it's it's all in this lyric writing process which by the way if you want i i mentioned the six steps of lyric writing that's a free guide that I have. It's at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. That's songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Link will be in the description. But uh, if it, So if you want to go deeper on A, there's an actual checklist that you can print out and use at the top. And also I describe in detail all of these steps uh, that I'm about to talk about. But the brain basic idea of it is spend some time brainstorming ideas from there. When you find your idea that's a winner, that seems to match with the feel of your music, develop that idea. I think one of the biggest steps people miss is they jump right into writing lyrics. That's a mistake that gives you the dreaded staring at a blank page, not knowing what to say. Instead, spend time developing your idea. Get pictures from Google that match the emotion of the song, that match the story of the song you're trying to tell. There's a lot of really good art on Google images, right? So just search 
you know, if, if it's a song of, let's say, let's keep it simple. It's a song of heartbreak. So search heartbreak art in the Google image search, and you'll find tons of stuff that will probably evoke visceral emotions in you that will really help you as, as you look at these pictures, right? Save them to a Google document, uh, what I call a brainstorm sheet uh, in, in the six-step lyric writing checklist of step two. Put those pictures in there, and then you can always be looking at these pictures whenever you're workshopping this song. So that's easy to dive into the emotion of it. Um, and then from there, do a lot of prose exploration writing. Basically, the idea is just write about the, the song with no – you're not trying to write lyrics. You're not trying to write poetry yet. You're just writing the song in regular old English. You know, you can do object writing specifically, other things. doesn't really matter. Um and then you can do other things like related word sheet uh, and development sheet and all that, uh, which I have YouTube videos on those specific things if you're interested. Step three is actually writing the lyrics. Uh, I've talked before about don't write a first draft. The main idea of that is write tons of lyrics. I, like if, if, if your first verse ends up being four lines, I want you to write more like, uh, let's say... Um, 40 versions of a four-line verse, right? Before you find one that's... In, 40 may be a high, but the point is write, write tons and tons and tons of lyrics. It, I, I had a song recently, I think I wrote 20 pages worth of lyrics for me to end up with about a page and a half, <laughs> right? Like, I, that's how many lyrics I wrote before, you know, editing it down, and picking the best parts and then editing the lyrics more and all that. So don't be afraid to write a ton of lyrics. Then arrange your lyrics, right? Figure out what the storyline is. Sort of figure out, you know, verse, chorus, verse, like like how, how the story is flowing. And then my personal favorite step, most revolutionary for me personally, is the iterative lyric editing step. Um, basically, the idea of this is you're constantly looking at you know, let's say what song section, what lyric section is weakest. Maybe uh, for most of us, it's probably going to be the second verse. Um, so, so from there, edit that second verse. From there, p pick what line is the weakest. Okay. Workshop that line. Write different versions of that line. Change that line around. From there, if you th say what words are underwhelming, is there a verb that's really boring? Is, you know, they're an adjective that's not as visceral as I'd like it to be, not as emotive as I'd like it to be. Look it up on thesaurus.com. Try to find a better word, right? So you're iteratively, you know, editing a section and then a line and then going word by word in your editing so that eventually every single word of your lyric, hopefully, is something that that is is packs a big punch uh, and is great. And, and then the last step is lyric polishing which the basic idea of lyric polishing really is just holding your lyrics in a state where you're willing to massage them and slightly tweak them as you're sort of working it into the melody and into the song and not uh, not being too stringent about the lyrics are done, you know, being open-minded to, to still make last-minute adjustments and very minor adjustments. Uh, that's basically the heart of lyric polishing. So anyway, if you want more detail on those steps... Again, check out the six-step lyric writing checklist, totally free at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. So those are my three steps to write your next best song. Again, start with the hook, 
which is usually going to be on your strongest instrument or whatever instrument you want to be your main instrument for the song, probably going to be guitar or piano could be a bass line. Um, recently I've done a lot of, I'm technically playing a keyboard, uh, but it, I use the organ sounds. Um, that's been something that I've had a lot of fun with lately. You know, you can do synth, right? Uh, it could be violin if you want. It doesn't really matter what it is. Um, but write that hook first, then write the melody. Make sure that when you're writing the melody that you aren't forcing yourself to, um, you know, play the hook while trying to write the melody, right? Do one thing at a time. Make, your, make sure your brain only has to concentrate on creating one thing without having to also play something else. Which brings up a final point here, which is the whole record thing, also true when it comes to the melody part of this. So after you've written your melody, you don't have to record the vocals of your melody. You can just record, like for example, for me, half the time I literally record the piano because I wrote my melody on the piano. So I record that and that way I can listen to the riff and whatever else I've written of the song in the melody and I can write the lyrics while listening to that on loop. So I don't have to sing the melody out loud. I can, I can sing along, and sometimes that helps, but I don't have to. I can hear the melody and the riff while I'm writing my lyrics. So this concept of record and only listen to what you've done before, don't force yourself to like sing the melody while writing the lyrics. Don't force yourself to do that. Help make it easy for your brain to win which is one of the, the main heart points of this. If you, if you decide that for you, this order I just gave you is for you maybe not the most ideal, not going to work. First of all, if you haven't, make sure you try it at least a couple times before you write it off. Um, but, you know, if it turns out to not be for you, you know, maybe you, you, uh, you've tried writing music first and it really doesn't work for you, you need to do mu- uh, lyrics first, totally fine. Uh, obviously, right? I say this a million times. Not everything that I say is going to help you, right? There might be somebody else that's listening that they, for them, it will be helpful. And to you, uh, you just work differently, right? Some tips are going to be more universal. Some are a little more personal. And that's okay. If I ever give you a tip that doesn't work for you, throw it out, right? Don't don't just do something because I tell you to do something. I'm, and really, I'm not even telling you to do something, or at least I'm not intending to. I'm I'm taking my experience and giving you from my experience, what I think is helpful. But like anything else, right, you got to find your way, which probably is going to end up being, you're going to take some of my stuff and you're going to tweak it to work better for you personally. Some of my stuff you may just do exactly and you may find that doing exactly what I said is helpful. And some of what I say you might not even agree with, right, or not care about. Um, so, and that's all totally fine. So make sure you tweak it for your needs. But, one of the things that I think probably is universal is this idea of make it easy on your brain. Record things and just listen back. Don't force yourself to write the melody while you're playing the hook. Don't force yourself to do that. It's, it's just going to make it harder on you. And again, I'm not saying you can't do that. Obviously you can. A lot of, lots of people do that. I've done that. Uh, it just makes it harder. Don't make it harder on yourself. Don't do that. So regardless of the order you do, make sure you're doing that recording 
part, but I highly recommend you doing these three steps. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I appreciate uh, those of you who, uh, thank you for putting the reviews. I saw that there were like three new reviews on iTunes uh, this week or last week, which is awesome. Uh, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, and I keep saying iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, uh, I need something that like shocks me every time I say iTunes. Uh, so if you could leave a review, a kind review on Apple Podcasts, that would be super appreciated. If you don't feel that this podcast deserves five stars, then all I ask is for you to not tank the rating. Uh, and hey, if you have pos- if you have some feedback for me on how I can improve and earn five stars from you, I'm certainly happy to hear that. My email is joseph, which is J-O-S-E-P-H. Uh, yes, some people really don't know that. If you think, why did you tell me how to explain a name that everybody knows how to spell? Because not everybody knows how to spell it. And if you say, uh, hey, hold on there. I didn't know how to spell it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it just surprises me that people don't know how to spell Joseph. No, it is not J-O-E-S-E-P-H. Uh, it is J-O-S-E-P-H. I only say that because I don't want people sending it to the wrong name and then they think that I ignored them when I didn't they just spelled my name wrong uh so j-o-s-e-p-h at songwritertheory.com I would be happy to receive that feedback on how I can help you better but to those of you who have left a review many 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 thanks I appreciate all of you and if you haven't be sure to leave an apple review apple podcast review it's very helpful. Also, I know some of you have left reviews on other places. I I don't see those, so forgive me that I, I haven't thanked you or, or anything. Uh, that's because I don't see those. There's a million podcast providers out there. Uh, most of them just like get it from iTunes, basically. I don't get notified about those. I do get notified only about the Apple ones. And unfortunately, the Apple podcast reviews are by far the most important uh, which is why I specifically plug for you to um, leave reviews on Apple. Uh, not my choice. <laughs> uh, I'm not exactly a big Apple fanboy, so um, you know, if I had it my way, it would be not Apple. But here we are. Um, so again, if you are interested, songwritertheory.com/slash/lyric-checklist for the free guide that breaks down those six steps that I go through for lyric writing that we sort of briefly talk through in that third step. Thank you to all of you as well. I want to make sure I give this shout out. A couple of you uh, emailed me concerned because I think some of you uh, were listening uh, maybe on Spotify or a podcast provider that was having difficulties and didn't get the new uh, stream URL basically. Um. So it appeared that I didn't do a podcast for two months to you uh, uh, because of the the website change and all that. So some of you actually emailed me and said, hey, are you okay? And I really appreciate that. That uh, that gave me that gave me some good feels that that some of you care enough to be concerned enough to actually shoot me an email and make sure I'm okay. Uh, So you probably know this now, but hey, I'm okay. Uh, rough wisdom tooth stuff and a lot of, a lot of moving stuff. But, uh, I really appreciate that. Some of you reached out to me about that. That means a ton to me. Um, so thank you. And with that, we will wrap up.
Again, songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist if you're interested. Thank you for listening. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Be sure to visit the YouTube channel. It's called Songwriter Theory there too as well. If you did not know that there is a YouTube channel, now you know. (laughs) And I have different videos there uh, that are going to be, you know, obviously shorter, edited, and all that sort of thing. And we cover some different subjects there. If you want the full Songwriter Theory experience, um, you know, paying attention to both is the way to go. Some things fit video better. Some things fit a long form podcast better. And then sometimes I do, you know, I'll talk about some of the same things, but some in short form, some in long form. You get more info this way, right? Uh, we make, and, and, and this feels a little more personal to me, which is why I like a podcast. Um, but you know, you get efficiency on the YouTube side. So I think they both have pluses. Um, so check that out if you're interested. Uh, But don't subscribe if you're not actually somebody who's going to watch on YouTube. I'm not asking you to go subscribe there. I'm just letting you know, hey, it exists, just in case you didn't know. Um, Because I know sometimes I get emails and stuff where I realize, oh, uh, might be just because people are early in the podcast and I didn't mention that I had a YouTube channel yet. And I know I didn't really start the YouTube side of things until really the beginning of this year. Um, But I do want to make sure that I'm uh, reminding people, hey, YouTube channel exists. Um, but yeah, now we're going to actually wrap up. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Sorry. I talked a long time. I'm just really excited that everything is resolved with some of the issues and stuff and the new website and the fact that I don't feel my, my head doesn't, isn't killing me from the infection from wisdom teeth and that I actually feel pretty good. Uh, so I'm excited. So I talked for a long time. Hopefully next week will be shorter. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Talk to you next week.